Yo, 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 it's Josh. What's good? It's your boy Darius. What's happening? It's Matt. And you are now tuned in to the Dominate the Decade podcast. Let's go. I'm trapped in. I'm trapped in. I know it. Hey. I know I'm trapped. I'm trapped. I'm trapped. I know I'm trapped. Yeah. Yeah. Hey. Look. I heard my nigga talking about me. Whisper getting close. Uh, nigga, same breaking bread. I don't even know you. This episode is sponsored by the Good Brothers over at Golden Wings by Friarsgate Kitchen in Irmo, South Carolina. Featured on episode seven of the podcast, this Black-owned restaurant serves up the best wings and plenty of other things in Columbia. Located at 7971 North Woodrow Street, Suite 10, Jason and James are your go-to spot for wings, fish, turkey burgers, salads, and much more. On September 5th, Golden Wings will also be hosting an event titled Corvette Cruise In that will double as a listening party for local artist Bria Monet's latest album. Social distancing will be enforced. Y'all make sure to check out that event as well as James and Jason at Golden Wings. Now here's the episode. Welcome back to another episode of the Dominate the Decade podcast. We got a special guest in the building, uh, LaVon Lewis, who is a branding expert, creative director, award-winning brand designer, book author, and professional speaker. LaVon, how you doing, man? doing great glad to be on the show how's everybody going good appreciate you being here man appreciate it oh my pleasure so just wanted to start off uh the people probably don't know about you but know that you do uh, a lot of great things so uh tell us a little bit more about yourself Juan. well like you mentioned i'm a branding and marketing expert i have a company called connect branding and marketing in which i started the company with a business partner back in college you guys may be able to relate but, <laughs> but uh, and that was about 21 years ago at this point. And so we worked with, you know, SeaWorld, Home Depot, Coca-Cola. Um, we've done about 2,100 brands in that amount of time. Startups, small businesses, everything from, you know, podcasts, uh, consultants, um, a lot of business to business type of situations as well. Um, and then we, we're still rolling. So we have a pretty good team. So that's what I do. We also speak around the country at business conferences as well. So we've spoken about 500 times on stages across the country, including Black Enterprise, FraserNet, um, and things of that nature. So, uh, so yeah, that, that's who I am. That's who we are. And I'm um, you know, glad to be here. Wow, wow, wow. Big names. Uh, so <laughs> let me start off asking. Um, so you and your business partner, that y'all started this company when you guys were like 19, 20-ish, around there? That's right, about, about 19. So, you know, I'm from Tuscaloosa, Alabama. Oh. Roll Tide to all the fans. <laughs> <laughs> Look at Matthew judging me. You sitting there. <laughs> but no, Tuscaloosa, Alabama. And then, I, and then he's from Chicago, right? So... Very, very different people. Um, he came to college with a Motorola contract, doing web development, consulting, things of that nature. So he had that in his teams, right? Just really brilliant guy. And uh, me, creatively, uh, I've just been really good at what I've done for a long time. So uh, when I graduated from high school, I was top five artist, that's because I could draw naturally. And I was top five percussionist. I played the drums. You guys ever seen Drumline? That was pretty much my role, right? Wow. I was top five in both when I graduated from high school in the entire state. Only black person, only male, right, in the whole state. And um, I got a dual scholarship. That's how I got to college. I met Sherrod. He was in business. I was in business. 
And one of the most powerful things happened that I think we should do as black men is if you find synergy, you know, merge and get there faster, you know, and we learned at an early age, no ego, you know, it's about the end game. It's about what we can offer people. It's about just combining what we, our gifts that we have to the world, putting them together. And 21 years later, here we are. Wow. Wow. Uh, so definitely dominated the decade. That's the name of the podcast. You are definitely. A couple, couple decades, I guess. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and still many more to go. So you mentioned with uh, your business partner, you guys from two different areas, from two different kind of disciplines. Um, what are the main differences between you guys and how does that, uh, that synergy kind of come together to make y'all such a dynamic duo? I think it's, it's funny because we, we are the same, but we're different mm-hmm. at the same time, right? So he's extroverted, I'm introverted, but that can switch at any time, right? Um, I think in business, he's really good at, I, I call him, I think he's more like a visionary, I would say. Uh, he tends to see businesses, especially from a consulting and strategic standpoint, 10, 15 years down the road, beyond even what the business owner sees. And so, um, and he's really big on, you know, infrastructure, framework, things like that, right? And so I think um, from a personality perspective, we just work as kind of a yin and yang, you know, effect. Um, I think from a work perspective, I think we're on weak um, he really cares the company. He's strong and same thing in reverse. And we just work with honest about that. And we go from there, you know, when it comes to uh, developing brands, I know that that's a long process. Do y'all usually like, is that usually like a 10 year time period? Is that usually like five years or how long does that usually, well, I guess I say, how long is the vision usually? Right. Well, I would say, you know, different companies do it differently, right? If you're building brands for, if you're rebranding like Panasonic or Coca-Cola, that could be a multi-year thing to come up with the strategy, execute visuals and direction. Then you have to go into a mode of rolling it out. You know, if Coca-Cola is all over the world. How do we bring that brand and roll it out and communicate to the customer what's going on seamlessly while not using the rev- losing revenue, right? Um, most projects we do are not as large, I would say, you know, even though we have some big names under our belt. You know, I think we could do what takes most companies a year and two months. Oh, We've done it plenty of times. Really make a company. You can be a startup. You look like $50 million with us after two months. I think we just have it down to a science. You know, so we're really good. There were years where we would do one to 200 projects per year. You know, so we, we, now we like that number lower because, you know, you can be more efficient, give customers, customers better service. But yeah, I think what we do in a month or so is really special. And that's our dynamic, our team, and all those things. Okay. So clearly y'all are talented at what y'all do, uh, award-winning. So how was, how was it that you discovered, hey, like I'm really good at this whole branding thing. I'm really good at helping people become the best versions of like themselves, like companies expand. So how did you discover that that's something that you were talented in? Um, I think the first inkling of that was, so when I was in college, you, and you guys may relate to this, you know, there's an SGA president, there's, I went to Alabama A&M University, so there's a Miss Alabama A&M University, which is funny, one of the women that was Miss Alabama a and I don't know if you guys heard of Hadia Green, Dr. Hadia Green, but she's actually curing cancer right now with lasers. Mm-hmm. So, so we were there at the same time, good friend of mine. So really special people that came out of um, AAMU. But 
Um, but what I would say is people like her um, uh, or different individuals that ran for like Miss Alabama A&M, SGA president, things of that nature. So I would just do a campaign, you know, a flyer, logo, banners, you know, and that person would win. Then I would do another one and another one. And I noticed these people keep winning. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, it, to me, it was fun. I've been creative. I've been drawing since I was five. So it's no big deal. It's kind of like what Jay-Z mentioned when he retired the first time. He mentioned that I didn't know I was that good at rapping because it just came natural. It's a natural gift. So you didn't know that it was special. But I think even though I'm relatively a young guy, I recognize that those years of being five years old, 10 years old, 15, and drawing, and it was literally a time when I got my scholarship, I used to draw something every single day. And I used to start a drawing and finish it every day. And that habit of doing it just got my creative muscle going. So when I got to college and people began to win, I figured, well, maybe I'm pretty good at this. And you know, we get calls from people on campus throughout the city and really throughout the country before I graduated. Um, and so that's the first time I realized that, you know, I was, I was good at what I did on my side of the business, but I think my business partner always knew with, with, with him, you know, he started a business at 15 and his first check was $5,000 at 15. He tells, he tells his story all the time. I mean, people can start a company now at 50 and the first check might not be $5,000. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, so, um, so, you know, that's just to speak. So I'm glad that we were able to meet. And I think we're both brilliant guys, not to be bragging, but just being self-aware. Yeah. And uh, I say it with the most humility. And I'm glad we were able to put that together, no ego aside, build a team under us and go from there. And I think that's why we're still here. Mm, that, is, that is a great story. And hearing how two black men are in their field and in their lane dominating, that is definitely something to look up to. Um, so I wanted to talk about the difference between like creative and strategic mindsets. What do you think about that? Do you think uh, mm. people are innately one or the other, or is it a little bit of both? Or, or what are your experiences with that? That's a good question because it's opinion based, right? At least I think so. Um, in my experience, I think people are born one way or the other, mm. right? Um, you got some special people that can do both, right? I think that's really rare. But like myself, I'm, I'm right brain, heavy creative. On the creative, I'm, I'm, I can see things. And here, here's a secret that I realized too about myself, actually about two years ago, which you'll find a lot of creatives out this way. And I'm gonna get to your question, but I'm gonna lead up to it. So I realized I was dyslexic a couple of years ago, right? And if you know anything about dyslexia, it's pretty much a reading disorder. It's the way your brain organizes information, the way you read, things of that nature, right? So with me, most dyslexic people are really heavy on the creative right brain side. I struggle with left brain things, a lot of details, a lot of analytics, a lot of numbers. I struggle with that kind of stuff, right? So building my company, I have to have, I used to beat myself up about it, but now I just build people up around me to handle those type of things. And when I stick to creative, it's different. So, um, so example of that would be, even when I'm talking to a company over the phone, um, if I can actually see the brand in 3D in my head as I'm talking instantly, as I'm talking, I'm building it and I won't forget it. Right. Um, that's why musically I was successful as well. Um, so with me, I'm not really, I can do a little left brain, but it's not really my thing. Right. But I know people that are left brain that can't see the stuff I can see. They'll kill you with the analytics, the details, they're on point, really smart people, 
but you explain something creatively and they say, LaVon, I just, I don't see it. I don't get what you're saying. Until you actually show them and they say, oh, that's what you were saying, right? I think it's just the wiring of the brain. You know, nobody's more intelligent than the next. Some, some people are, my brain is wired to be crazy creative and turn business and, and, and turn business and things of that nature visually to generate revenue. And some people do the same thing from a consultant standpoint, being left brain. But I say, you got those few people that can go both, they're rare. They can go both ways. I would even say my business partner is one of those people that that's both. You know, it can be left brain, extremely analytical, the best you've seen. I've seen him go toe-to-toe -to -toe with attorneys and beat them. You know what I mean? Seriously. And also see him go toe-to-toe -to -toe with creatives and out-create them as well, right? So that that's really rare. Myself, I'm more right brain. So with you two um, kind of being compliments to each other, um, did you guys know that you had something special when you guys teamed up to start the business? Like you wanted to say, okay, you'll take control of this side and I'll do this side and we'll come together for this perfect harmony. Um, absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't think we knew it was special right offhand. No, I just think you're talented here. I'm talented there. Let's see how it works. You know, we're, we're 19, 20, something like that. So, you know, let's see how it works in college is a good way, you know, you, you, you build on a company, you make some extra money, things of that nature. But we did know that we can get there faster that way. You know, like if we combine a team, we can get to where we're going faster. So, and over time, we realized that union was special. And that's when you begin to, see, that's the thing about meeting young, you know, you have to grow, you know. So there was a time where I was married, time where, where he was married as well. And, you know, I had kids, he had kids, all those kind of things, right? And so you grow from being boys to men and responsibilities, and then you build in a company. And so as you grow, you know, you deal with situations, bigger deals, bigger conferences, and all these things. And as you grow, interact with different types of people, you realize how special you are uh, when you're in certain environments, mm -hmm. you know? And, uh, and I, just, I, think, I think that, you know, the company itself is a special union. Yeah. I think that's super interesting. Like you said, though, like as you're growing and having these life experiences, having somebody kind of grow with you, so you're kind of building your own story and somebody who's like literally right alongside with you. And it's like, y'all can kind of journey this thing out together and help each other up through life's ups and downs. So that sounds really cool. Yeah, definitely. We've probably been in more trenches than most together. Because <laughs> <laughs> if you guys are like good friends, and let's say if it's been two years, three years, four years, five years, and how tight you guys are, just think about the experiences over 10 years, 20 years, 21 years, right? You, there's no one on earth that's gonna know you more than, than you guys, right? You've seen each other in every situation. You've probably been, don't wish anything bad on you or anything, but let's say if you were up, down, broke, rich, you know, with a job, without a job, with a girl, without a girl, you have seen it all. So you know the character of a person throughout most situations. You see what I'm saying? And so if you're mature about it, and as black men, I think we let ego get in the way a lot. If you don't have to be in the front, you know, if you like, we've had times where we know it's, it's my season to be the front man, especially speaking and being a personality and talking to customers. And then sometimes it's his season to be the front man. And sometimes it's okay to, to be side by side, right? You got to be mature enough to say, you know, I was, I was the man last year, but I got to step back because if I'm in the front, I'm going to mess it up. Mm -hmm. You know, you just got to do that, you know? And you'll find that with clients, people, and friends, you get more respect by having that level of maturity and poise. And you just get to, you still, you don't lose anything. It's just the best thing to do. 
I'm glad that you brought up speaking. I wanted to ask you, uh, how did you get into public speaking? It was an accident. (laughs) (laughs) So people in high school that knew me, when they found out I was speaking, they were shocked. I'm introverted, quiet, to myself, creative kind of guy kind of thing. And so I remember I was around 25. I took this business course called EDN, Entrepreneur Development Network, really good network. And it was business planning, right? So I had the company in college, got out. I figured, well, you know, you're supposed to get a job when you get out of college. No one would hire me. I got turned down by 25, 30 jobs, right? And so I said, let me take this business course. Got through the business course. I had the top two business plans in the course out of 50 students or so. Um, And when I graduated, the the owner of that organization said, hey, I want you to come teach the marketing part. Now, when I did that, I was like, nobody cares about anything that I'm saying, right? (laughs) I'm talking about colors, fonts, logos. I'm like, people don't really care, right? It made me realize that I can turn my concepts and the way I see the world, because I think that's what makes us all special. We add something to the world, but we see it different ways. So when I walk around, I don't see what people see and vice versa, right? And so when I see color, people's faces, shadows, lights, buildings, I don't see what people see. I, I can I can see a architectural blueprint and see the building finished in 3D just looking at the blueprint, right? And so I figured, take my perspective, explain it in a way where I help companies generate revenue. And I did that and I got a standing ovation and I've been speaking ever since. So, and I'm thankful to, to that organization for giving me a shot because I may not have spoke if it wasn't for that. Sometimes you just need one shot to show you your full potential. Wow. Oh, wow. Okay, let me ask you this then. What is the number one thing that you think that most people are probably like scared about on public speaking? How do you think is the best way to like kind of overcome that? That's a good question. I think people think too much about getting judged, right? When you're on stage and you mess up, people don't know unless you tell them, right? If you have four points you're trying to make and you forget one, you don't have to say, oh, I forgot that point. Just say three and keep moving, right? Mm-hmm. Nobody knows, right? And nobody wants you to fail. People, if you're on stage, people want you to succeed, right? And so I used to have stage fright a lot and I have fear now, but it's a different fear. It's a fear that I've learned to generate into a good energy. So I like being scared before I go on stage or before doing an interview, right? So even this interview, right? I'm, I, I told, um, you know, Josh before we got on, he said, do you want to structure? Do you want to do anything? I'm like, let's just go. Let's just talk, right? And that's, that's scary, but I like it. Right. So let's just do it. Let's be authentic. Let's be real. So, but what I tell people, if you're on stage and people invite you on stage to speak, you most likely know more about that subject than anybody in the room. That's the secret, right? So somebody asked me to come speak on marketing. I've been doing this 21 years. I most likely know more than everybody in this room. So I don't, and I've had hecklers, everything, right? I've, I've had people challenge me, well, you said this, prove it kind of thing. And you will be surprised you will stand up in the moment. People challenge you and, and things of that nature. You, if you're on stage, you probably know your stuff, right? So I would just tell people, don't overthink it. Everybody gets nervous. Speaking on in front of people is one of the top fears in the world next to getting burned in a fire and drowning in water. Seriously, <laughs> I'm, I'm serious. So everybody's scared of it. Just learn how to take nervous energy into a positive energy, right? And something Michael Jordan said a lot. He said, I'm never nervous in the game because I practice more than anyone, right? So it's the thing. If you read and know your stuff to the depths, 
Like if you're speaking and you have four bullet points, don't just study the four bullet points, study the depths of each point, and you'd be surprised at how vibrant you are on stage because you got a deep well of information. But if you just say, hey, marketing is A, B, C, D, and someone challenges you, you can't go anywhere mentally, right? But if you know the depths of your, like to the soul of your subject and make it fun and use your personality, I don't get on stage trying to speak like anyone else, right? If I say a word wrong, I'm from Alabama, I'm a little country sometimes, you know, whatever it is, I'm me, right? And I've learned people love my personality. They love that authenticity they hear from me and I know my stuff. And so if anybody challenges me and it's okay, if they challenge me or someone asks me a question, I'm easy to say, oh yeah, I don't know that one. Just be honest. You know, I don't know this, but I do know that. I don't know this, but here's a new idea and it's fine. So that's what I would tell people. Just study, be a pro at what you do. Be awesome. Look at Barack Obama, how many times he was interrupted, you know, or heckled, hackled or something like that. But look at the well of deep information, right? And I'm not into politics, but you might take like Donald Trump, for an example, and people interrupt him and challenge him all the time. But because he doesn't have that depth of knowledge, he gets frustrated and lashes out at people, right? Yeah. And, but if you know your stuff, you stay calm, you're poised, you might even laugh sometimes <laughs> on stage. <laughs> and you just say what you got to say because you've done the work. You've done the work of, of research and, and knowing your stuff. Yeah. I heard the quote proper, it was the five P's proper preparation prevents poor performances. And I guess that's just the same what you just said. Yeah. To be a speaker, that's all you got to do. You got to just, just know your stuff. It's really simple. If you, it's like what Michael Jordan said, if you practice, 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 when it's the last two seconds of the game and you got to hit that shot, that's no different because I practiced it 200 times. Why am I nervous? You know what I mean? So, which is why he was so fearless with it, right? Anybody that's great does that. So just know your stuff and always sprinkle your personality on top. Any great speaker you know, if you look at them, Steve Jobs or just anybody, no one speaks like them. Even in flaw, they're just who they are. Bill Gates, I mean, they're just who they are. Even Bill Gates is a little awkward, but he speaks how he speaks, you know? <laughs> so, um, or any comedian, look at Dave Chappelle, for an example. You know, he is a masterful storyteller. He's from Ohio, he talks the way he talks. Kevin Hart, he's from Philly, he talks the way he talks. So these people master their craft and they sprinkle their personality on top and they don't worry about what people have to say. Yeah. And that's why you have individual offerings. I like Dave Chappelle. I like Kevin Hart. I like Chris Rock. They're individuals because they're themselves, mm -hmm. you know? Man, that, uh, that approach reminds me of this quote that I read in a book one time. And it was like, only the prepared speaker deserves to be confident. And I read that, I was like, okay, I, I know what I need to do going forward, you know? 100% true. And you can get prepared every day in different kind of ways. It can be a podcast, it can be a book, a movie. It doesn't have to be the traditional way of getting information, right? I study branding all the time. You know, I watch a movie and, and study the animation and the colors and all of that stuff. You know, I'm out with friends at a lounge and I'm looking at the TV screens and how they decorated the interior. I'm at the barbershop. I also read, you know, just always be getting information. It doesn't have to be a traditional sense. And you'd be surprised your subconscious is more powerful than you think. That stuff pops up when you need it. You know, you'd be on stage, you'll be doing an interview, someone asks you a question, you have it. It's in there. You just gotta, you just gotta all, your job is to always just consume and trust your brain to cough it up when you need it. Okay. So backing up just a little bit, back to the business aspect of it. Um, so you started your business whenever you were 19. What were some of the main difficulties when starting your business and what kept you guys going? Being young. Mm -hmm. 
Nobody wants to give a 19-year-old money to brand them. <laughs> it's like being a 20-year-old life coach. Nobody trusts you, right? <laughs> so, but but um, that was really it, just being young. Uh, people can see the work and saw that we were talented. But how we got over being young is just trying to be really smart and know our stuff. Because if you, if you talk and you know your stuff and you have real solutions, people in the moment kind of forget that you're young, that you're 20. 21, 22, right? 25 at some point, you know? So uh, that was our biggest hurdle. And then obviously, you know, we didn't have like seed money or anything like that. So generating the revenue to keep the company going, growing, eventually hire employees, you know, that's always a, a difficult thing. Understanding business processes over the, over time, we learned this, you know, to be really efficient. You know, now if someone comes in the company, we can interview them, get them an analysis, a welcome letter, a quote, really in like 10 minutes. Whole proposal, everything in 10 minutes, because we've learned and mastered the art of business automation, what people need, and how to get it to them quickly. 10, 15 years ago, that was a big problem for us. You know, someone would ask for a quote, I might get it to you in four days, and you're trying to pay me. You know, and so, um, so yeah, those are some obstacles that we've gotten, th gotten through, and, you know, we run way, way smoother now. I think one thing really cool about being an entrepreneur, what it sounds like, is the ability to be able to give people jobs and opportunities and, like, create that for people. So it's like, I'm not going to say people are depending upon you, but they kind of are, you know, for their livelihood as far as to mm -hmm. feed their families and things of that nature. Mm -hmm. That's definitely a, a good thing. It feels good to do that. You know, even on a contractor basis, you hire someone, say, hey, I need you to do this. Here's what we can pay kind of thing. You're always happy to put talented, really good folks to work. You know, the culture at our organization is a little different. You kind of have to be, it's kind of like Usher and R&B, kind of like a triple threat, right? You got to be able to <laughs> act, sing, dance kind of thing. Yeah. So at every position, like me and my business partner, we can consult, we can both create, we can speak, you know, we can get into the details and analytics if need be. We can do a little bit of social media, we can do video, we can do interviews like this, you know, because don't assume every business owner can do interviews or communicate. They can't, there's books about it, right? If you can have the richest person can't get on and do this, right? And so this is a skill set, right? So, um, so yeah, th those are those are just really really important things. Were y'all on before social media hit, or did y'all start like the, as far as promoting? Because I was going to ask you how much did that kind of change the game. As far as um, it's a, we never promoted until really a couple of months ago in twenty one years. To be honest, we just do good work, referrals, speaking. You know, and speaking started 10 years in. So we pride ourselves on that. You know, we won 50 awards, dealt with a lot of clients, it's all referrals. Have we been perfect? Absolutely not. But we're, we're really good enough to the point where those people tell another, tell another, and things of that nature. Social media, as of this year, we've gotten for the first time into giving details about our process, right? About how we create. That's been fascinating to people and we've been getting a lot of business that way. So we'll actually start from a drawing and tell people how a logo, a website, everything was built and the ideation behind it. And it's been really cool for us. So we post weekly, you know, or so, and it's been really cool. And is that to like Instagram, Twitter, YouTube? Instagram, Facebook primarily. YouTube as well. Gotcha. Yeah. So LaVon, what does your creative process look like? And I know that's a, a very broad question because you, you hear a lot of creatives kind of say, different things different people do different type of things but is there any like thing that you do to get in the zone or do you need a certain type of music or a certain type of environment or what does that look like for you 
You guys ask awesome questions, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) I think you're right. Every creative is different, right? My personal process is I like to talk to the customer first. I think the data that I get off of customers, um, it's a lot. I can talk to a customer in 30 minutes and get a lot of data from them personally, as far as what a business is. I do that. I like to study the industry. You know, I like to just ask questions and probe and things of that nature. But when I'm actually creating, I start old school. You know, let's say if I'm doing a logo or a website, the UX or user experience on that website or the logo or the colors, I literally either see it in my head. You, you know, and I'm, I'm a hip hop fan. You know how Jay-Z used to say that he doesn't write. He it just is in his head, right? Yeah. I'm, I'm the same way. So most of the time I don't have to draw it out. I just, I didn't understand what Jay-Z said for so long, but I can really create a brand in my head. I can be running, working out, and I'm working in my head at the same time based off of the information. And then when it's time to actually put it to the computer, um, I listen to music. You know, I like Drake, I like hip hop you know, things like that, you know, creatively, you have to get in a zone. Now, me being the co-founder and the president of the company as well, I do a lot of other things. I have to sell, I have to meet people, I have to talk to customers. So it's, it's categorizing your time, right? I have to be in a zone where there's a day or so where I tell my team, don't bother me. I may be creating or managing creatives. And it's a zone. You know, it's a fun zone. It's music. If I'm managing a photo shoot, I'm managing a photographer. I ask the customer, what type of music do you like? Do you want wine? And get it in a zone, right? And then um, after that, you know, um, if I feel like the brand is where it needs to be, you know, you pull yourself out of that, present it to the customer and go from there. So main takeaway from this conversation, LeVon Lewis is the Jay-Z of branding. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I, that's remember, you said it, I didn't say it. Oh, my bad. I was about to ask you, LeVon, can you just tell us a little about the book that you have? Yeah, yeah, it's called Today is a Great Day for a Wow Image. That's my book. And so I'm actually rewriting the book now. And there's going to be a title change. But that book is really, it got into what Josh has asked me, my creative process. You know, what I see when it comes to, I just broke down colors, fonts, approach, thinking, how customers respond to it and things of that nature, right? And so, and I go through every part of the life cycle of branding, just my thinking and approach. And I have samples of work all throughout to lend itself to that information. Gotcha. Have you always been like a big reader or are you not really? I hate reading. (laughs) (laughs) I told you I'm dyslexic. I hate reading. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. So any knowledge that I get, I get, I mean, of course I read, but I hate it. Um, A dyslexic person reading is probably slower than an average person, right? So I read differently. Like I do audio books sped up. My brain responds well. I can do an audio book twice the speed and I, I get everything. Right. And it's because of dyslexic brain for me to operate creatively like I do, my brain spins. So the reason why me as the dyslexic don't like reading because it's slow and it it gets boring and you have to figure out what did this sentence say and things of that nature. So, um, of course, I read. Of course, I know how to read. But when you're talking about large doses of information, an audio book twice the speed and I get everything I need. It stimulates my brain and I get it. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. I found that that is a super helpful way to get through books, podcasts, anything. And your brain really does catch up. For a second, you got to like have a little time to figure it out. But after a while, you get trained to it. And for me, it's to the point now where I listen to it in regular speed. And it's like, yo, why are they talking so slow? Exactly. You, know? you, yeah. you, get, you get used to it. Yeah, so everybody has to know their strengths and weaknesses. So um, I have a lot of books on my phones. I do read books, but I do not like it. 
<laughs> so yeah, I wanted to uh, ask a little bit about the work scene in Atlanta. You said you've been there a little bit over uh, 10 years, right? Yeah, since 2006, so it's 2020, so about 14 years. Yeah. Going on 15 uh, at the end of the year, yeah. Jeez. So, um, but you know, I, I came to Atlanta because of the work scene. You know, I was in Alabama. I felt like I reached a, um, a ceiling, you know, in my professional career as far as the income I can make, the impact I can make as well. And so when I moved to Atlanta, I just dropped everything and, uh, and just went. You know, I was newly married at that time and um, just dropped everything, went in my first year, I just went for it, you know. And, but and Atlanta will reward you if you work hard and get to know the right people. If you just come to Atlanta and you just want to floss and kind of act like you're doing something, it's not going to reward you, right? You really got to work hard. Um, but I like, I've traveled around the country. I love the work scene here. The, the, uh, another place that reminds me of it is like DC. I love seeing beautiful black people, smart, really doing some real good stuff. And there's really people here that's making really good money, have a really good lifestyle. Things that'll blow, blow your mind, especially somebody like me coming from Alabama. So I love the work scene. I've just seen people work harder, be more resilient and innovative over, over time. What sort of uh, advice would you have for people, you know, kind of like us who are sort of transitioning from like one stage of life into like this, like young professional type space, uh, especially now with like everything going on, how like up in the air things are. Mm -hmm. um, I would do this, I would, so the first part of this sounds a little cliche, but I would never stop learning and I would take on every opportunity. Now, now is the time, and you hear this a lot, but it, it's, I think it's what got us to where we are here. Now is the time for you to just do whatever you wanna do. And if you make mistakes, you got plenty of time to correct, right? So if you want to do this podcast, if it, it does really well, if it fails, at least you know at 22, 23 rather than 50, right? <laughs> you can decide, improve it, or you can just say, okay, did that. But if, you, if, you, if it doesn't work or you guys decide not to do it, you gain so much knowledge talking to different people, running it, producing it. That's a lot of production behind this. You just learn so much, right? And so always continue studying. And the biggest thing is I, I, I'm a believer in focusing on one thing but always dabble in others. So this is what I mean with me. Um, I've always studied the art of branding, right? Because I believe a person should focus, focus, right? Just be really good at a thing. And if that works, do that for the rest of your life, especially if you enjoy it. But I also study, you know, let me see how Steve Jobs is such a good speaker, read his book on speaking. Let me study this person and that person on leadership. Always kind of be studying things that's the peripheral to your main skill, right? Because so, I can be really good in branding, but I might not be able to communicate it to a customer. I'm not going to sell anything, right? I have good friends that are masters in sales, right? I study sales. I study communication, um, all these kind of things. So find out what your gift is. Be the best at it, you know. But also anything that supports it, always be willing to have people around you or study that as well. Because you will find if something doesn't work, you can fall back on that second thing that you were doing or that third thing. Or if you, you're successful and you hire people in those positions, you know how to manage them because you've done it. You know about it, right? And so no one can just tell you anything in those times. Gotcha. So, LeVon, you're dropping the gems on us, giving us game. Um, as a, a successful Black man, you can obviously look back and uh, mentor some people under you. And that's kind of what you've done. That's how I met you, pretty much. Um, yeah. How much does that do for you? Um, 
with the things that you've been through in your life and the success that you've seen to be able to reach back and mentor younger people, especially black uh, young men? Yeah, you know, I love it. I know when I met you, um, there was someone that told me, hey, we need a few more guys, because I think it was all women, you know, <laughs> to come and mentor college students, things of that nature, right? I, without hesitation, I love doing it because I think I can relate because, again, I started my business in college. You know, I struggled with getting a job out of college. You know, I, I was turning out my over 25 jobs. I went through it all. I'm a black man. I get it, right? So I'm like, definitely, I got some wisdom to share with individuals and things of that nature. To me, that makes me happy. I would do it all year. You know, people call me at no problem at all. So, and um, I think, you know, I think you're on this earth to go through things and make other people's experience easier because you've been through it. And so with me, if I can share anything like I've done today, just out of my pitfalls and successes, and you just skip over the pitfalls, that's great. That's what we're here for. So for the listeners out there that do not know, I met LaVon back in March at um, Ad PR Academy. Um, we had a little career night where you uh, were talking to some young professionals, people in the fields. Um, and it was right before the whole pandemic was going on. A lot has changed since the last time we see each other. One, one week before shutdown. Yeah, that, that week, everything was going down and people were like, should we even be here? You know, <laughs> but, um, I'm so glad that that went on because one of the gems that uh, LeVon dropped on me, I told him about uh, career aspirations and everything, told him about the podcast we were getting working. Um, me, Matt, and Darius were just kind of talking about the idea. But LeVon dropped this gem on me. He said, fix the plane while flying. And that put everything into perspective and kickstarted everything. So really appreciate that, LeVon. Appreciate yeah. it. I was like, you need to get this podcast up this year, and you better put me on it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, we're 11 episodes in, and you're here, LeVon. Yeah. No, no. I've watched the episodes. I like it. You guys keep going. I love it. I love the soundtrack. I love the intro. I love the authenticity. I love it. Awesome. We appreciate it. So one thing that we always make sure to ask, uh, the name of the podcast is Dominate the Decade. So how do you plan on dominating this next decade? Ah, the hardest question of the day. <laughs> <laughs> um, I would say, you know, here's the thing I, I've, I've realized. So, again, I'm a hip-hop fan. I'm going to go to an example. So, do you guys like Drake, for an example? Yes. yes. Do, you, do you guys like Jay-Z? Of course. Yes. So, so, here's an example. I saw Drake latest video. I think it's called uh, Laugh Now, Cry Later. Oh, yeah. So, I looked at, this is how I say I study all the time. I looked at this video, which I love it. I love the song. And I saw the fact he was at Nike headquarters. He's in two Maybachs that have been prototypes for like four years. You can't even buy the car, right? So I looked at his vocal ability, his writing ability, um, the fact that, you know, he has a line that says, I'm a leading scorer, but look at my assist. And another song, I look at the fact he always made, like, I don't, I don't know if you guys know, we first heard of Migos because of Drake. Right, on the Versace remix. Oh, that is true. Right. I forgot about so, that. Right, so if you look at some of his hits, he'll bring someone you never heard of, and he has assist, like what he's saying, right? And so I say all that to say, and you look at Jay-Z going from the hood to billionaire, right? These guys anywhere along the way could have said, well, I'm $10 million, I'm good. I'm $20 million, I'm good. I'm $100 million, I'm good. But they challenged themselves to be like them, th their best self. Like as good as Drake is, he's like, vocally, I'm going to keep working. I'm going to sing better. I'm going to rap better. I'm going to do a different cadence. As far as a video, he can grab a pretty girl, go to a city. I'm going to do Nike headquarters. 
right? I'm gonna do that. I'm gonna jet ski in the Nike headquarters. I could, he could get a Rolls Royce, but I'm gonna get the Maybach y'all hadn't seen before, right? That mm -hmm. thing. So, so my point is, I look at that and from a, a, I guess, a growth point, this is how I study. I'm like, this guy is optimizing, fully reaching his potential, fully, right? in every area. So to me, why well, I want to dominate the decade, and same thing with Jay-Z, that's how I became a billionaire. You look at, he's like, I'm going to marry the best woman. I'm going to have the best kids. I'm going to have the best career. And I'm going to look out for the rest of the game, all these kind of things, right? He could have just 500 million, just did whatever he did. He's still progressing to be his best self. Jay-Z said something in an interview recently. He, he told uh, another rapper that visited, I think it was um, Aesop Ferg, that visited his home. <laughs> you know, he has a $100 million home in California. And he was like, I wake up in this house and I, I don't even, I can't even believe it sometimes, right? And my business partner shared light on that to me. He was like, I like the fact he said that because to him, he's still not his best self yet. He's in a hundred million dollar home. He's like, I don't even know how I got here. I don't, I don't even see it because his, his vision is past that, right? And so with me, I just want to be my best self when it comes to branding and for speaking and for mentoring. I want to be the best people I've ever seen in each area. So I'm going to dominate by just not feeling like I'm, I'm the best. I know, I, you know, you have to have the confidence, but just always starting at ground zero and just getting better. Sheesh. Another gem. This one is filled with gems. We appreciate it, Levon. That, that's all the questions I have. You guys got anything else? Yeah, that's all I have. Right. I appreciate you, man, for coming by and stopping by. Appreciate yes. it. It's been fun. Yeah, thanks for coming on to the Dominate the Decade podcast. We will definitely have to stay in touch with you. Oh, yeah, where can everyone uh, find you on social media? Oh, they can find me Instagram, LaVon Lewis, L-A-V-O-N-L-E-W-I-S. Also, we're on Instagram at Connect Branding, at Connect Branding. And then um, the company is, the website is brandingconnected.com. Okay. You can find me there. You guys, you know, people can DM me, you can message me, I respond. You know, anybody needs branding, advice, uh, you want me on a show, let's do it. <laughs> All, right. All right, man. Well, we appreciate you coming on. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Dominate the Decade. We're out. Peace. Peace. Hasta luego. Thank you. Heard all of the talking, now it's quiet, now it's shush. 29 is coming, they on edge when I cook. Lead the league in scoring, man, but look at my assist. Yes, I be with future, but I like to reminisce. I do not forget a thing, I'm patient, it's a gift. Try to tell them they ain't gotta do it, they insist. Yeah, I could tell. I just gave them two for 40 million like Chappelle. Standing over coughing with a hammer and a nail. Heard you hit a so-and-so, they name don't ring a bell.